You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou May I ask you to join me for a word of prayer? Gracious, holy Jesus, as we gather and hear the story of all that you have done for the salvation of us in body, mind, and soul. We cannot give enough thanks, but we ask you, Lord, to strengthen our faith and edify our minds that we may evermore trust you as our great King come and triumphant. This we ask in your holy name. Amen. So if there's one way of interacting with the world, of all the ways that human beings interact with the world, that is not only misunderstood, but mistrusted by modern people, it's ritual. Ritual may be the oldest form we have of working with one another. When I was a kid, the theories about how human beings went from being wandering nomads to settlements went like this. We wandered around for a long time, then we discovered farming, and then we settled in nice areas for farming, and then cities grew up, and with cities came temples and religious ritual and all the rest. But archaeology is discovering that the opposite is true. In fact, it was people having genuine spiritual experiences in particular locales, both of the divine and the the demonic, that made those places that people gathered. And from their worship, from their ritual, started to be established farms and communities and cities. Ritual is part of not how we lose ourselves, but how we find ourselves in the midst of community and align our energies for the pursuit of common goals. Part of the reason why the modern world misunderstands ritual is that its rituals are disguised from itself. I want to cast your mind back to 15 years ago when nobody had a smartphone. The morning ritual for most people is now. Millions of people unaware that they're engaged in the same ritual as millions of other people around them are having their thoughts and their hearts schooled and steered by Google and Facebook and Yahoo and all the other big tech giants who decide what pops up first on your phone. We're all engaged in the ritual, but we 
don't see each other doing it, so we're unaware of how it's affecting our lives. Modern people tend to think that the more spontaneous something is, the more legitimate it was or is. And the reality for most people throughout history is they realize that the more important something is, the less you left it for chance. We still carry instincts of this with us. I've never met a bride who says to me, ah, show up and do whatever you want on my wedding day. <laughs> we don't do that at presidential inaugurations. We don't do that at funerals. The more important the day is, the more likely we are to have a ritual to coordinate our energies and efforts. And the one place that our culture does clearly understand this is around sporting events. I went to Penn State. I'm a graduate of Penn State. I apologize to any of you who went to Pitt for the sermon example of the day. But if you go to a Penn State home game, there are tons of elaborate rituals that surround the entire day. They gather at the Bryce Jordan Center where the basketball game is to hear the band play. While people, usually about 100,000 or so, are spread out around the stadium, enjoying time with family and conviviality and food. And then they begin to pour into the stadium. And as they do, there's people chanting things back and forth and people selling merchandise so we can all go in in uniform, not unlike the uniform I wear when I lead worship. And when you get inside, the Penn State Marching Band moves from the Bryce Jordan Center down onto the field and they perform the same opening ceremony they have done for over 40 years. And the drum major runs through the crowd and runs through the band and does a flip on one side and lands in a split and salutes the home side. If he does it correctly, it means they're supposed to win. <laughs> He runs back through the band and salutes the, does the same thing, does a flip, lands in a split, salutes the student section. That if, they, if he gets both of them, they're supposed to win by more than a touchdown. <laughs> and then the cheerleaders run onto the field and they start shouting, first at the home side, where the, where the box is, they say, we are! And the other side of the stadium shouts back, Penn State, and it goes back and forth and gets louder and louder until finally everything's whooped up to a point that the team runs onto the field breaking the banner and a roar goes up from the crowd. All those elaborate rituals are meant to take the energy and efforts of people who most of the week know how insignificant a football game is to their daily lives. <laughs> and focus their energy till they become like one person, the twelfth man on the defense side, who can interfere with the opposing team and spur the home team on to victory. The rituals we engage in when we come to worship are meant to do kind of the opposite. Instead of making us forget how unimportant what we're about to do is, they're meant to make us remember against the powers of sin, death, and the devil, the world, the flesh, how important what we are about to do is. 
In fact, it's the thing of the greatest and perhaps only importance in this world because everything else is temporary. And by entering into the ritual, we become as one. And indeed, not only remember the events whereby we were saved, but become participants in them again, along with the crowd. And we remember that, uh, that way. But it's not Peter who betrayed Jesus. It's not James and John and Matthew who went scurrying for cover when the crowd turned from its accolades on Palm Sunday to its vicious cry of crucify him. No, it was us. It was us who came on a Sunday morning and proclaimed him King of Kings in song and then by our actions denied him on Monday through Saturday sometimes before we left the building or even the parking lot. We come to remember that we are the crowd that is so fickle. We come to see again our Savior in our mind's eye through the Word of God crucified before us that we may know the cost of our salvation and knowing the cost may know how important we are to God and raise our voices again in His praise. Let us enter now this day and this entire week and walk the long road to Golgotha with our Savior and beyond, beyond to His resurrection victory, which will become our own. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, through your word you bless us. You shape, you shape the rituals in which we engage, the music we sing, the prayers we offer. Lord, may your word aid our weak flesh that turning our hearts and minds toward you, we may be renewed in faith, courage, and strength. This we ask in your name, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life.